Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Weekly Game Chat. I am your host, Chris, joined by John. Um, hello, Chris. How are you? It's pretty good. John is, uh, I think he's in the car on his way to South Carolina, right? Well, I thought he was, um, uh, I thought he was on his way uh, to uh, South Carolina yesterday. I thought that's when he left. No, 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 because he was working today. Oh, was he there to work today? Yeah, he was just saying, like, right after yesterday, he had that's the no, uh, yes, yes, that's yeah, true. birthday that's party true. with uh, his uh, his daughter. So, so it never it never even occurred to me to uh, 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 take him to lunch or go. To Are lunch you just with like going to Ian Malcolm this the whole entire? I'm kind of uh, doing. A, you're doing a gold bloom. Am I? Yeah, you're totally doing a gold bloom right now. Am I? <laughs> you yeah. are. Am I? Am I? I'm not. I'm not reading right here. I might need to adjust your levels. Let's Hello. see. Toast. Okay. Yeah. You, you feel just, good? Yeah, that's that's recorded. <laughs> no, I was uh, uh, doing a cross between uh, 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 Jeff Goldblum and uh, NPR. Yeah, welcome to Game Talk, by the way. Game Talk. Yes. <laughs> All right, that bit's done. Yeah, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Kill it Can quick. we be done with that bit forever? <laughs> um, do you have a good week? Uh, sure. I oh, think so. I wanted to see that movie Upgrade, but I didn't get a chance. Oh, uh, was it good? I uh, said well, one. I mean, to. did you did you yeah. hear good things as well? Yeah, it, apparently it won like um a bunch of stuff at Sundance, and uh, it's got the guy. Okay, so remember Spider-Man: Homecoming? I know who he is. Yeah, they allude him to being Shocker. He was a guy. He he died in Spider-Man. He died in Prometheus. Uh, he, he dies just in a die. lot of things. I wonder if he dies in this movie. We'll, we'll never know. after he gets upgraded. <laughs> oh yeah, um, like RoboCop dies. Everyone dies. The what? end. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of this movie? Everyone dies. What's it about? Well, it's about life, but you know, we're just gonna get to the point. Everyone That's right. dies. That's right. Eventually, even if we're not gonna show it. So what did you uh you went to some sort of beer fest or something? Not beer no, just to a brewery. A brewery. Yes, it's a brewery. What do they do at breweries? Guess what they do, John? They make beer. <laughs> they brew it. Uh yeah, there's one um not too far from here, about 45. Well, shoot, there's actually two breweries pretty close to us. Um, so, friend of the show, Jeff and I, headed up there. Some of our friends even met up with one, Josh D., who's also a friend of the show. Is he uh, a friend of the show? He's been on the show, therefore he's officially a friend. All right, I guess. Yeah. Friend status. <laughs> Whatever. Had some good bre- beverages and uh, went out and had me a burger afterwards. Mm. They also had tots. I cannot deny the power of tots. <laughs> the power it of is, tots. This is my weakness. Well, my uh, my wife was out Your of town, wife. so it was just me and the boy. Thanks boy. for the invite to hang out. Could have hung out this weekend. No, you 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 didn't want to hang out with us. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but you could have asked. So we didn't do anything really of note. I don't think he. Uh, he went to Treadstone a lot, and for people who don't know, Treadstone is like the local uh, climbing gym kind Treadstone of place. Treadstone is the project with the born people from right. the second sure. movie. Yeah, that project. too. <laughs> so he spent a lot of time doing that. He did. He did. Uh, he's re- he's reading. Uh, he had to pick a summer read. Yeah. Or, so he he 
he picked Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, that's a good book. One would think to a 12-year-old kid who looked at its length and went, oh, yeah, this, this uh, I'm going to read this. It's very but, short. But what he found was it's that old English yeah. where words don't mean what they mean anymore. It's, and well, it's then, Jules Verne, right? No, it's... Um, or is it... Who is it? Or is it... Treasure Island, dude. Robert Louis Stevenson. Okay, really? And, I yeah. thought that was you Jules would, Verne. Exactly. It's it's huh. um it's a it's like night and day. It's like uh, one's kind of a children's bookish yeah. type, you know, and this one's more, you know, adult themed. But he's re- he's he t- he read the first sentence, and I don't remember what the word was, but he read the first sentence and said, "Do oh, I have God. to read this?" So we've been reading it with him every night. Um either reading along with him or him reading with me or her uh, Clarissa in the room. Um, and he'll ask us what words mean to give the, give the paragraph a little bit more context. John, what do words mean? He's like, he's like, I wish I'd never picked this book because it's, I, I was surprised. I mean, I read it when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. I was surprised how difficult it was for him. And of course, you know, if, if he doesn't, but if he doesn't immediately grasp grasp something, he doesn't want to do it. Sure. So, but he's almost done with it. He had like the longest chapter in the book last night. He's got to read two chapters a night. Nice. He had like an eighteen page chapter. He was beside himself, especially like- especially when you're wasting away your evening and you want to play Fortnite. So are you gonna <laughs> give him like a book by Faulkner next or? Uh- <laughs> Or, or I guess uh, hey, go read this Robert Frost poem. Yes, yes, Robert Frost. <laughs> or we can go into shoot. We'll just go ahead and give him uh, Tolkien and, and let no, him go. Well, hey, that. or like uh, um, this is Tolstoy. Let's yeah. give this yeah. a shot. <laughs> it's run. It's Russian translated into English. <laughs> so we'll even go into Hamlet. We'll just give him. We're like, you know what? Here's your first Shakespeare. We're gonna go mm. with that. <laughs> Let's go with the four what's hour a, play. What's the What's the best one? Hamlet. No, I mean for beginners. Is it Juliet or is it Macbeth? Macbeth's still pretty easy. I think the most accessible is probably Romeo and Juliet. Though, actually, Caesar's pretty accessible, too, if I uh, if I recall, just because it's kind of straightforward. Also, Othello. Well, Macbeth is the one they always throw at you in high school. Yeah. Macbeth is... Uh, I like Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth, Macbeth is interesting. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely... This is what we're doing, man. We're talking about Shakespeare now. Yeah. <laughs> Midsummer like, Night's Dream, classic comedy. Macbeth, classic. the video game. Now that. Can you imagine um, the dialogue trees? By the way, the new season of Flash is on Netflix. That was the other thing I kind of did. I watched, the, started that. I kind of fell off of it. Is it is it good? It's the Flash. It's kind of yeah. one of them things like where a lot of these shows, like where you're like, I understand it's really hard to do season to season shows where you're having to do not 10 hours of television, but 23 hours of television a year. And it's like one, you have to have filler episodes. There's just no way to escape that. Sure. No way. But two, you start to go like, man, you know, when you've done five year or four years of the show, you're talking about like, you know, over 80 hours of television at that point. So it's like, it, it gets hard is the only way you can say to, to keep it fresh and interesting. I think, uh, I'm about halfway through. The one thing I've appreciated is that for once it's not a speedster, the main villain this year. Um, they pretty much introduce that right away and they go with it. But on the other hand, like, uh, 
Ralph Dibney's in this season. Remind me who that is. That's the elongated man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they kind of make him... He's not really the Ralph Dibney of the comics. Let's just go with that. Sure. Like, there's no Sue or anything like that. You know, um, he's still like a private eye, but it's definitely in a very different vein than, uh, again, like what the comics is. About the only thing from the comics I've seen come in is the little nose twitching back and forth whenever he smells a mystery. Yeah. But is, uh, uh, is Miguel still on the show? Um, is it Miguel? I think it's Miguel, right? No. That's not his name? No, it's not his name. <laughs> But yes, he is on the show. What's his name? I can't. Uh, See, you don't know. S- Cisco. Cisco, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Cisco. Ha ha. Who's Miguel? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's our buddy Mikey's uh, <laughs> Spanish. Right. Miguel. Miguel. <laughs> um, <laughs> besides that, though, you know, we'll see how it ends up. I'm. They're doing a thing right now in it where I'm like, oh, of course, they're doing something like this. This is just dumb. But, um, I don't know. It, I got my motorcycle in Breath of the Wild. Oh, well, there you go. Congrats. You know what it does? It it goes room for room. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, and I've, and I've done everything else. So it's almost like it's like I'm going to drive around in an empty world. Isn't basically the reason to have it is just to kind of go do the Korok seeds at that point. Right. Cause you don't have to have yeah. all the Korok seeds to get the motorcycle. You just have to complete all the content. Right. No, you have to complete the champions, champions ballad. ballad, yeah. Which is a which is a pretty. I was I was very satisfied with the DLC, but hmm. I went I moved I moved on to Mario plus Rabbids, and now I'm have unfortunately had to be pulled away because of the game we're probably talking about soon. <laughs> Not next week, but the week after. Is it the week after? Well, next week is, is E3. E3. Yeah, yeah. Everyone keeps... I mean, like, I keep forgetting that, like, E3 Man, starts Saturday. I, E3 starts on my birthday this today? year. I don't know. Yeah, E3 starts on my birthday this year. Like, that's... Well, I guess... Te- EA, you mean the conferences? EA, yeah, okay. is the first one on my birthday. I think... Is that Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. That's, like, Saturday at 4. Oh, that's... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been... I just feel like it keeps starting earlier and earlier. It's always the second week. It's just really weird this year because, you know, uh, the first was a Friday. So therefore, you know, where the second week is like, you know, starts on what on the 10th or whatever. So, you know, as opposed to like other years where it might be like more like the 12th or 13th. So it just it feels weird, but it's it's still the right timeline. Right. I went into GameStop today and. They were like, hey, man, uh, what are you here to pick up? I went, um, vampire, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> so they're like, I felt bad for you yesterday when I, I saw that. I, but I wasn't, I wasn't uberly, I wasn't surprised. Let's well, put that way. It was kind I, of what I expected. You know, I mean, the, cons- I mean, overall, the, the marks on the story. Yeah. Yeah. Is what everybody seems to be digging. So I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but at least I have two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You do have two weeks. I'm uh, I'm thinking I'm going to download that PlayStation Plus game because it's been calling. What is this to me forever? We'll uh, talk about it later. Yeah, it's in the it's in the news. Did you know that? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just um, don't remember what I put. Is the PlayStation you said? Yeah, PlayStation. And I've been like on the fence of buying because I love the first one. I've played the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've come close to getting on PC and Xbox a couple of times. Um, but I was like, I can wait for a better sale. I was, I was. 
really just waiting for the Steam summer sale, but I'm like, well, this is here. Yeah, even if you that's just perfect. don't, even if you don't jump into it immediately, that's an easy get. That's yeah. that's a oh, no-brainer. Yeah. If you like those kind of games, uh, you want to do this topic? I guess. Uh, do you want to do this topic? I kind, I guess, yeah. I'm excited to hear about it. Oh boy. Well, let's do it. Topic time, 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 time. The topic is. Don't do it, John. That's the topic. Don't do it, John. John, we need to talk. You've had some issues. Yes, You've done true. some things, and we've literally said to your face, don't do it, John. Not here. Yeah. Don't say it here. <laughs> it involved a horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, no, for real, though, the topic is... Who's riding who here, huh? Right? You see? Ooh, yeah. uh, 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 this is getting weird. Frostpunk. I'm sure. That is an amazing title for a game. <laughs> I go Frostpunk, and I have no idea... What could possibly be this game? It's a uh, it's about a game where <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, where there are these punks in and the there's Himalayas? This, and there's this person named Emma Frost. <clears throat> okay, all right. <clears throat> are you and serious? No, that'd be perfect. That wouldn't. Right. That was pretty believable. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Frostpunk is a kind of a I guess the best way to describe it. I won't, it it's an RTS, so to speak, but it's like a it's like a city builder, right? So, like, the idea... This is on Steam, by the way, of course. Yeah, Steam Only games. Steam? Yeah. Uh, for now, only Steam. I guess it could someday come to consoles. It, I, it wouldn't be too hard to make it work. You could do this game with a controller easily. I mean, I know City Skylines is on uh, consoles, and so is uh, Tropico and all that. And I, if they can do those games, I have no doubt they could do this game, too. So the idea is like it's an alternate world where in the mid 1800s, and I think this actually happened to some extent, like there's volcanic explosions that are really bad, right? Um, Which did happen. Like we had a little bit of volcanic cooling that happened for about 10 years because of a pretty major explosion that happened. So the idea is like that's happened, but increased amounts. And the sun has started to dim too. So the world eventually succumbs and goes into a really dire ice age, right? Um, And in order to survive, basically society builds these like steam core engines and uh, that can go to these spots with like humongous coal deposits like in the north and all that. And therefore you can mine the coal and keep everything going and keep society alive, right? So they can survive this thing. So the idea is you are, at least in the first scenario, you're leading an expedition out of London to get to one of these last remaining steam cores and you get there and it's pretty bad off. Are we looking at top down? Yeah, it's top down. It's a city built. Like I said, it's a city building type sim game. Um, So, you know, you start in like the first day that you'll start, uh, there are three scenarios, and I believe in all of them, it's always the same. Where when you start, it's about negative twenty Celsius out, right? That's pretty cold. Yeah. So your first goal is just Nippy. to like get coal, you know, get your freaking steam engine on and get some heat, and then afterwards, it's kind of like you have to start building, of course, 
little tents to provide, you know, shelter for your people. Uh, and then you slowly start to delegate people out. So like you'll see coal deposits and, and wood crates and piles of steel. You have to send people out to go collect these things through a set amount of hours and use that to build up your resources. But the kicker is, is that you only have like a total of 80 people that are available to work starting out. Sure. And you're not getting any more for a good while, if we're being honest. And you have to kind of pick where you're putting your resources at while also mitigating things like hunger, um, frostbite, and just uh, basically how much time you have to get resources versus how much resources you're using. So you literally have to manage your personnel. Yes. And you have to take care of them. You have to make sure they're. And you have to make some very hard choices. So it's like. I like playing God. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Early on, you. They only can work from like, I think it's like they wake wake up at 5 a.m. and they start work at 8 and they end work at like 6 p.m. initially. Right. So like you have to get your resources and be able to mitigate out what you need from everything from like if you're doing your research, if you're getting your coal, your wood, whatever it is, that's the time you have to get it right. The kicker is, is that after a couple of days, the temperature drops again and all of a sudden those little piles that like you need to go farm that you had no problem get before, if you don't have if you haven't established a workshop and gotten yourself technology to build these things called like steam um steam core heaters or whatever when people go out to get stuff they're going to get frostbite so you have to plan for this you have to like develop ways to get yourself where there's going to be heat you also are going to quickly realize that in order to keep people warm and only work the shifts that you're allowed to work at the beginning of the game you're going to have to at some point figure out when you're cutting off the generator because you will run out of coal if you, unless you're like, that's all you're going to get. But if you only focus on getting coal at the beginning, you won't have enough resources to do the upgrading that you're eventually going to need in the long run. Uh, so the way that you are kind of able to influence these and start to shape a world is that there are two meters in the game, right? There's hope. So, you know, hope being the kind of thing like more hope you have, the more optimistic your people are, they're going to make it through this ordeal. Right. And then there's dissonance. Okay. They feel like you are a terrible leader. And eventually if it goes all the way up, they'll riot. Yeah. Yeah. They'll riot, kill you, whatever. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, So the way you control these things is that every about, I would say once every 24 hours, right. You have laws that you can pass. Um, and they range from all sorts of parts of, I guess, society where they influence, right? From in sometimes they have negative effects, sometimes they have positive effects. So like, for instance, one of the first things that I always pass is there's a, there's one where you can have an emergency 24 hour shift for a building. So like, say I'm like looking, dear Lord, we are really almost out cold and like the temperature is dropped down to negative 60 i can go ahead and make it so that my coal um, engine 
or people who are harvesting coal for me that they work for the next 24 hours. But if I keep doing that, every time I do that, one dissonance goes up way big. Like you because know, you were forced, yeah, to have yeah, them. they're forced to work for twenty four hours. So it's like trade offs. Yeah, and then two, if you do it repeatedly, not only is it going to keep rising, but at the same time, the chance for something to go wrong, like someone to have an arm get chopped off in the process or something, um, that goes up, or to you know fall out because they feel now nourished, or, you know, all that kind of stuff is there. Um, there's things like questions of like child labor, like you have choices, like do you want to do have child labor like where you know they can do safe jobs or do you want to build like a child orphanage and those are interesting because okay so first off you have 15 children i believe at the start of the game put them to work um, that you can do <laughs> and here's the thing you could you could do that right and it gives you like at first they can only do safe jobs so like you could put them in the kitchen right or you could put them, they could be one of the people in the early part of the game that goes out and gathers things for you. Sure. But then if you choose that option, then the next question is, okay, do you want them just to do any job? Which means eventually you're going to get to a point where a kid's going to get hurt. It's just like the moment you start putting them in those things, you have to do so with the understanding this is a ticking time bomb. <laughs> you probably should only do this if you really need it. Yeah. On the other hand, if you build the shelter and you put people in it, then you have the option to do a long-term investment where you can invest in them either becoming engineers or hunters, apprentices. So then eventually, I think like after 20 days, they, they get to a point where they're educated enough and they'll be add to your workforce. It's just regular workers. Um, there's also this huge kind of upgrade skill tree workshop thing where you kind of have different types of things. So you have like resource management, health, um, the actual heat production of your core generator. Um, and, and then like expansion and things like that. And you have to slowly plan out how to invest your time to get the resources you need for where you are in the game. So I like, yeah. like, cause ap like I said, after about like, so <laughs> for instance, like the first couple of days, you're kind of gathering as much as you can. And I actually figured out quickly that before I even build people houses, I build that workshop Yeah, because then I can start to research and you need pretty much every freaking little bit of time possible to get this done yeah. uh, before that fourth day. So that by the time the fourth day arrives, I've already got a coal thumper so I can have a place where that is shielded from the cold where they can, you know, harvest cold. Um, I can have a sawmill to get my wood. Uh, and I didn't have the steel uh, works yet, but I had like a cookhouse in a hunting lodge so I could get more food for them. And I had a basic medical tent to treat those that might have little small illnesses or injuries that occur. Are your people growing or in number? Is there, is there, there is. A, so eventually you get to a point where one of your investments early on is, uh, you get a beacon and when the beacon goes oh, up, nice. okay. when the beacon goes up, you kind of get an idea of, you have two directions you can go and you need to pick one. So like one might be like, okay, if we go over here, we get this thing called steam core and steam cores are really important because they're very, very <laughs> finite, finite resource. Like you only get one to start off and like, it, this is the only way early on that you're going to get another one. And those are big because 
the more deeper technologies, they're going to require that. So, like, if you want a really nice coal production, like, where you don't really have to worry about as much for a little while, you're going to need that steam core. On the other hand, if you want, say, a better production of food out there, again, you're going to need a steam core. So, it kind of comes down to, like, what's your priority early on. Um, On the flip side, you know, you're going to find, I would say, by day four, I had it where everyone had an effective job in the whole entire camp. So then it was, how do I move people around to get what I need and, you know, kind of put in order what's the most important thing right now versus what can kind of be just strung or long, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Um, so the other side of it, when you have that beacon come up early on, is that you could send a party the other way and you could search for survivors and that will bring in some new people, like I think 10 or 15 more people that you can then have. And that's like so big. You have no idea how much like 15 people in this game is a godsend wow. uh, to you. Um, but the idea is like, basically as you progress through the game, it gets more complex and you kind of go through these periods of like one to two day harshness versus then a little bit of a reprieve to what the temp was. So like, you know, it starts at 20 uh, degrees below Celsius, like I said, right? Then all of a sudden, like after four days, I think it goes down like 40 or 50. Yeah. And then after two days after that, it goes back down to 30. Okay. But the eventual idea is that what you're doing is you're building up your city because uh, I think it's like around day 20 or something like that. You are eventually going to have this huge storm that arrives and you need to survive it. So, you know, if you haven't managed your time well, um, you're going to you're going to wipe is basically the way to to say it um and after you've survived 20 days i think with the first one i think it's 40 days with the second one um you unlock a new scenario and it kind of gives you a little bit of a different perspective of going on like the second one is like these professors that are kind of an engineers who are caught in this situation where they have to decide between helping themselves and helping a discovered civilization that's failing, like if they're going to help them or not, but Mm -hmm. it's still the same core concept that no matter what they do between those two groups, um, you still have to survive an impending storm that's coming within the next 20 days or whatever. This is 20 days, 40 days based on the game clock. Yes. Yeah. Which you can control. I mean, like anyone who's played any kind of SimCity there, you know, there's, three speeds there's you know normal fast and faster uh and pause if you want those are all my speeds yes all my options but i like it because like it's there's no easy win situation like a lot of these city games like you start out and it's it's hard at first right it's it's like when you're in the early part of the game you kind of just you need to be selective with what you're doing otherwise you're just going to run into resource hell uh and it's going to be a problem. But on the other hand, once you get to about mid or late game and you figured out how to build everything up and you have like all these multiple things working in perfection, it's just, it's kind of like, then it's just managing crisis, right? Like you just go, Oh, you know, like Sim say, you're like, Oh no, look at that. Like we've got so many people now, this street that used to be perfectly fine is over cluttered. Let me dig that up and make it a four way street. Right. Or a one way street or something like that. You figure out ways how to mitigate the problems. This isn't that game. This game, like, you know, like, like I said, early on, I kind of 
I focused on the wood because wood is kind of like your primary tool to to do your early upgrades. But eventually I got to a point where I needed steel. So I had to go build steel works. Well, because I'd hit this huge surplus of wood, I mean, I knew what I had to do. I had to pull everyone off wood and, and they had to go over to the steel mills and build that up. Well, it's probably tough to get steel these days because of uh, Trump putting tariffs on it. Exactly. That was the problem. The Chinese, they just they didn't want to help me out. Yeah. Um, Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but like the idea there was that, you know, like after a little while, though, you know, that when you start to do that, you're going to get to a point where if you haven't brought new people in, Penny's just like, hey, you're looking. Every time we look at her, she just starts getting happy. Like, this is me. You love me. Um, <laughs> after, you know, a little bit of time, like when I finally had started to do these upgrades, I have to either have gotten some more people or else make this really hard decision. Like, how do I decide where to place people where I'm getting enough efficiently to cover the problems that are at hand? Um, and it's just, it's making hard choices. And like, sometimes you, you want to take an easy way out, but you see where it could go. If you go the other way, there's like, man, there's like all sorts of messed up. Like people will come and ask you like, look, man, we've been working like you can do these extended shifts where instead they're working like nine hours, they start working like 16 hour days, my kind of shift. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, after a couple of days, they'll be like, look, man, we're really exhausted. Can we please just like have three days of normal shift? And you have to be like, no, get back to work. Or, you know, you give in. Um, you can build like fighting pits, so people can take out their aggressions on themselves. <laughs> and you can also do, um, if you want to, you know, it's people like club, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then like, on the other hand, there's, um, you have to decide between having a cemetery or actually just having like a frozen pit somewhere for the bodies that die. Yes. For people to die. You That's know, hardcore. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you can eventually get to a point where like, if people are defying you or breaking laws, you know, not able to work or whatever, uh, you can take them and have public uh, floggings in the town square so that people fear <laughs> and obey what you're trying to impose on them. This uh, is like my dream world. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, I ran right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> you, uh, let's see. There's like. I'm trying to think walls. Oh, you can do it like, okay, so do you, for your hospitals? No hospitals. None. There's a couple of ways. Do you just try to do your best to treat people and like do it humanely, mm -hmm. right? You know, or do you say, look, we're going to need you long term. So um, you got an infection in the old arm there. We're just going to chop that one off uh, for the frostbite. And, you know, we'll put a hook or something on the end and get back to it, boy. Because <laughs> we don't have time to treat you. Exactly. Like, and, you know, it's interesting because, like, we're not talking about, like, some world, like, where, you know, there's some good nation that's prospering here. Like, this is literally, you know, humanity on the edge just trying to survive. And you ask yourself, like, what is allowed at that point? Like, where are you willing to go? Uh, so there's no, theoretically. In there's no internet in this place there's, there is no internet here the internet never got invented apparently 
because <laughs> you know when it's cold, all you have is steam. Before you continue, yeah, this is almost an obvious question, but I've heard you say steam. Yeah, and the the game is Frostpunk. Is this a is this is that title a play on a steampunk type world? Yeah, well, is this I mean, a steampunk game. Yeah. To its core, yeah. I mean, because well, it's I, like the engine itself is a Steam engine. Well, I'm going to play it now. Yeah. It's uh, when it's, I get my PC. <laughs> is that when you're playing? When you get your PC? It's, I mean, where is it? See, like you can, I don't know if you can see it in here. I had it earlier I'm trying to show John this week's episode cover. So, like, you can see the Steam uh, coming yeah, off yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, there's all these, like, you have the main Steam core that you need to absolutely at some point get to a higher level in order to survive. But then you have like all these smaller areas and you have to figure out how to heat all those smaller areas. So you have to build smaller steam cores that are out there. And like, when do you turn them on versus when do you have them off? Like that's the fun part of the game is realizing, Oh, uh, I need to switch all resources, which means I need to do these four things in this area and deactivate them before I go to this area and turn things on and I need to set the options on there because if you don't, you're wasting your resources. And honestly, like (laughs) I think one of the first goals they give you in the game is like stockpile 200 uh, coal. And I think I finally achieved that on day nine, not because I wasn't getting coal, but I was burning so much of it. Because you had to. Yeah. I mean, like there was just no way that you can't just sit there and think you're going to go in this game and just okay, for the first three days, all I'm going to focus on is getting cold. Like, no, that's not happening. If you do that, you're going to die. You're not going to make it past day four. So it it really is like a hard decision of what you decide to invest in versus what you choose. So like, I guess the, for most people, like the idea of beating the game, like there's two ways, like you could just beat the scenarios, but then like for those who really want the challenge, the idea is, can you get, through the game without anyone like losing limbs to frostbite or dying, you know, and it's pretty hard to do. I've yet to sure. come close to that, but I have survived the first, um, the first scenario. I have not beat the second one yet, but it is a, it is a very fun game. It's only about 30 bucks. I've been like looking at this game the last couple of weeks. Has it one, just recently come out? It came out like mid May, I think. Okay. Um, and, pretty much everyone that likes city builders has pretty much said like, Hey, this is worth your time. So I was like, I want to get this. I just had so many other things we were playing at the moment. And like, it's funny now because it's like, we're about to get that period of the year finally, where it's like, man, um, wish something would come out. Yeah. Like I'm about to be like, well, guess it's that time of year where I just play NBA 2k for like 90 days straight. (laughs) (laughs) See what I get. Um, but yeah, it's 30 bucks on steam. Totally recommend it. If you like city games, if you like survival games, I guess, uh, anything that's like top down, totally worth it. I'd probably give it a solid nine out of 10 Richards. That would be my recommendation. That's a good score. That is, that is sitting at a solid 84 on Metacritic with 61 reviews. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And it's only PC right now. Yes, only PC for right now. Penny's kind of emotionally upset that it's only on PC. She would like it to come to uh, Xbox One X. Yeah. Phil Spencer, work on that. Uh, you want to do some, some news? With you? Absolutely. Sweet. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents The News. News! 
news. They'll never know we were discussing news for so long. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, my head hurts. First up, Team Sonic Racing. What? Sega has announced that Team Sonic Racing, a new racing tile from developer Sumo Digital. The game will have a physical and digital release this winter for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch. The game will feature single and multiplayer modes to include a Grand Prix, Exhibition, Time Trial, and Team Adventure. Players can race as a team and work together using moves and special items. The game will have a roster of 15 playable characters from the Sonic universe. That's cool. There are diehard fans of this uh, oh, yeah, back of this in the series. Day. They say it's... Uh, I mean, I think most people will sanely go, yeah, of course, Mario Kart's the better... But they say uh, this is a bigger a, one. Well, it's, a, it's it's a they're just they say it's a very competent racer. Yes. So and it might have something to do with the, the next bit of news. Well, ah. sure that too. Yeah. Was it James Marston's <clears throat> in the new Sonic movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> Old Teddy <laughs> that, from Westworld, that guy. Cyclops. He does. Yeah, man. He's hey, good on Westworld. Working actor, man. Yeah. He's like I say, he's been really good on Westworld. Yeah. He's the main character there. He's a Cyclops, right? Yes. Yes. Not anymore, but yes. <laughs> uh, PlayStation Plus games for June are your XCOM 2, what? which is the one I was saying yeah. I was waiting for. Trials Fusion, great game. Zombie Driver HD, which is from PlayStation 3. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier, also from PlayStation 3. Atomic Ninjas and Squares, which are both on the Vita. Not sure if they have cross-play to the PS4. Meanwhile, on Xbox Games with Gold, you will get AC Chronicles Russia from the whole month, or for the whole month. A Smite Gold Bundle. Not sure what that includes, but I'm sure it's probably like a bunch of characters that automatically unlock or something. Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform. Uh, you can pick that up the first half of the month. And then Lego Indiana Jones 2, The New Adventures. The back half of the month, the month both of those are Xbox 360 games that have been made backwards compatible. Smite. So, yeah. uh, Smite. Uh, friend of the show, Chris Hatchett, plays that game. Hey, I saw him. Now I know somebody who plays that game. Mm. I didn't know it was. I've played it once before. What um, is it comparable to? Is it Dota? It's stuff a, like yeah, that? it's a MOBA with kind of like a third person low angle <clears throat> view. So. Okay, he seems to like it. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's very popular. Fallout seventy six announced. Bethesda has indicated that Fallout seventy six game of your. Uh, your your water john i can't read yes yes yes. behind your water uh will be fully revealed at e3 next week it's not fully clear what kind of game fallout 76 is but many are speculating that will be a game along the vein of rust fallout 76 refers to vault 76 which was previously mentioned in the uh, previous games as a control vault containing 500 occupants living in vault 76 the announcement trailer also contains a song, Take Me Home Country Roads, suggesting a location in West Virginia. So, yeah, they um, is First, mentioned. I didn't, I didn't know that there have been 75 Fallout games. That's amazing. <laughs> Todd Howard is a busy guy. We just kind of skipped ahead. Uh, so, yeah, they <laughs> reference they reference this in Fallout 3. Uh, and they say it only is, Fallout 3. I th- I can't remember if it's in Fallout 4 or not, right. but Fallout 3, they talk about, yes, there's a control vault. Because, um, like, there's always two types of of vaults. There are those that are used for scientific experiments, like, you know, sure. psychological things. And this all one, sorts you of, can imagine this people is, got lotteried and. Yeah, this is more of like a, like, yeah, surviving. And, and like Fallout Shelter. Yeah, like an actual Fallout Shelter. 
Uh, so, and it was alluded to that it was in Virginia. So, you know, I don't know if they're just doing take me home because it's Virginia or if it is going to be West Virginia, whatever, maybe around the border. Plus it's knows. in the, technically it's in the yeah. DC area. Yeah, it's, it's like, all, it's all in there. Um, um, as the, as the fallout guy, mm-hmm. are you interested in this and what do you want from it? If so, I, you know, I know there are some there like, they're like, oh, I don't want to play Fallout unless it's first person and it's only this. But I mean, you know me, I played Rust. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed the heck out of that game. Funny stories from Rust. Yeah. I, I mean, enjoyed them. So, like, what Jason Trier of Kotaku is basically saying is, yeah, this is going to be like an online type of Rust game where it's about, you know, survival in the wasteland, so to speak. And that idea of, like, you know, it can be rust or it could be this it it always works great the idea of i'm gathering things and i look over and i see another real person you know someone controlled by that who wants my stuff yeah who may or may not want my stuff could be friendly could be not and like you know if they make it kind of how those games are where you can't talk to them unless you're in range of them right that makes it interesting yeah or the idea of here like you know the cool thing that fallout 4 did was it added base building and all these cool options and they really built it out over the year and a half that the game was modded and uh had expansions so you take all that kind of stuff in now you say i can build bases for my stuff and things like that and if you make it kind of how rust is like where it's always on the live server somewhere and you need to be cognizant of the fact of what is in your, you know, in your, uh, your shelter at all times, right. because it can be taken if you're not there. Uh, it makes it really cool. And I think that fits really well in that universe. Yeah, I think it does too. I mean, and, and timeline wise, it looks like it's going to be taking place before everything else in the series goes down. Um, and the thing she gets a hold of, I know, right. But, um, I don't know. It, it's, the question I have, the, what I'm curious about, is if this, if this is now Fallout's future, ongoing. I I, I would not assume it is nah. because Fallout does too well as far as uh, single player sales for video games. Yeah. But one has to wonder because who saw this coming? You know, it's like what in the world? To his credit, Paul, uh, Todd, Todd Howard. Howard uh, Lord Supreme Commander of Bethesda uh, (laughs) has said like he had multiple unannounced projects in the work like that. He had a tie in from my understanding. This game was both like it was led in part by him and his core team. That's in the Bethesda Studios office in Bethesda, Maryland. Hey, now you know where the name of the studio came from. (laughs) And then on the other hand, uh, the new team that's in Austin that I think did a lot of the work on Prey, if I recall. They did work on that and they've done some work on other games. Okay. Um, so it was kind of like a, you know, combination. So like, Hey, here's us overseeing, but then here's maybe this Austin team doing the legwork. I don't think this will be the last time we ever see a fallout game just because, you know, one, yeah, as you said, like the demand's too great. There's too much love for the fallout series. So now that they've, and we've seen this trend, I mean, every year for the past few years, but really heavy this year, or maybe yeah. it seems heavy, but it's always this heavy. This game's got revealed prior to E3. Yeah. Obviously they're going to talk about it, mm-hmm. but do you think that's a, str- a strategy to get out of the way for what could be an elder scrolls reveal? Uh, I think whenever 
I think whenever he decides to announce Elder Scrolls, it's going to be very similar to Fallout, where it's like kind of like what they did here, where it's going to be like maybe a week or two before E3. Here's literally a teaser for for Elder Scrolls Six, and then or you know, Skyrim too. It, I don't think they'll just do somebody. Skyrim. Well, somebody made a point on a podcast. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to steal an idea, but it's like more people know what Skyrim is sure. over what Elder sure. Scrolls is, and they might. They might make that a sequel to Skyrim. I can't see that. I mean, like, because the cool thing about the world of Elder Scrolls is that, like, there's so many different regions and they all have their own distinct thing. Like, I'd be like, why are you going to do that when you could go back and make a new Morrowind game, which is a really cool area, too. And it's been, I mean, like, the last time we had that was 2004. I guess, like, it's on, they just did an expansion with it on Elder Scrolls Online. But I think most people aren't going to play that, right? Unless they really love MMOs. Sure. So it's like, why not just bring it back and, and do. Is this uh, Fallout gaming? an MMO? Would this be an MMO? Um, I guess in theory it How could be. How do you be. define Rust if it, that's. It's, I wouldn't call it an M. Well, it is an MMO and it's not an MMO RPG. It's just an MMO. Okay, you know I mean, sure. it's right. massive multiplayer, but it depends on how it is. Like Rust would do these things like where you would have different servers out there. So I hope it's kind of like that. That would be cool. Like you have different servers that have different sets of rules to them as far as what is allowed and what is not allowed um, out there. But I'm going to guess, though, my guess is this. He announces this. I think it's coming out in November. Um, as we've said, there's nothing in November right now. And honestly, this kind yeah, of fits. There isn't anything. Is yeah, there? no, there really Something. isn't right now. So it's like I kind of look at this and I go, you know, there's nothing in November because everyone's afraid. And this is <laughs> this Everybody's is one afraid. one. This is the one studio that could maybe with the one series that could inject something in at least the core is going to come out Two, I think it's so different from all the other stuff, you know, it's not, while it's a shooter, I don't think this game is going to be a shooter in the way that we've seen. Yeah. It's not, it's not like Battlefield. It's not like plus, Call of Duty. Plus it has a $60 buy-in, like a, exactly. like an actual game. You're buying yes. a, you know, you're buying an actual $60 game. So. so I could see like, you know, you put this out like around November 15th and they would be fine. I think, you know, mm-hmm. sure. Maybe there might be a little bit of damage for them, but that's my point is like, I don't think they have as much to fear. And honestly, that game, because of the way it's designed, where it's supposed to be this online thing, they can think long term where it's like it doesn't matter if they sell like like Battlefield, where I think Battlefield's going to be looking at day one and they're either going to be like, all right, we're good. Or they're going to be like, we really made a bad choice here, guys. <laughs> yeah. And that'll be that. Okay. Um, Speaking of potential bad choices, I don't know. Oh, come on. I man. hope it's not. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey confirmed. Ubisoft has confirmed that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is real. And will be te- and they tease that more information will be revealed at E3. The announcement comes shortly after a leak online. The game is apparently set in ancient Greece. The game will introduce new features to the franchise, including dialogue options, which would make John extremely happy that perplexes me. Uh, players will also be able it to report it. Oh, it would not me happy. Yeah, no, no, no. It was meant to be sarcastic. Okay, yeah. I was like, I was, reading, I was like, that's gotta be sarcastic, right? <laughs> uh, players will also be able to reportedly select between a make, that's Come on, male, man. John. Come on. Male. 
Come on, man. <laughs> Tighten up. Proofread yourself. Uh, and female protagonists. It's important to note that Assassin's Creed 2 is the only mainstream AC game that was never leaked to the media. Yeah, it's like 10 years and only one time did they manage not to leak it. It's like from now on, you and I, Chris, we have to say has asset not has assassin's creed been announced yet it's, has it been leaked? has it been leaked yet yeah what, what's what's the next one Remember, they tried leaked? to they tried to blackball uh kotaku for a number of years i can't blame them yeah i really can't it's like to me i'm like what do you want they're a news outlet if you no. get something they have to report right like that's the point of it so i'm like <laughs> you know to me i'll be like look it, sometimes it's appropriate to yeah, keep yeah. it's one thing if you're going in there and you're hacking but like here in like this case, the thing that finally set off and kind of confirmed it is a keychain. Yeah, it's was always like, something. I yeah. mean, Black Flag when that was that was leaked because somebody saw guys open laptop on an airplane I, you know, or an iPad. I mean, and I, I understand how this happens. Like why it happens to them? It's because Ubisoft has so many studios around the world working on these games versus like say something like Rockstar London, where. Or I'm sorry, Rockstar North, where like yeah. that's where pretty much all of Red Dead's being made. So unless someone kind of does what they did a couple of years ago, where they hacked in and and were able to get a screen grab of the the idea of the map size, it's it's pretty rare, yeah. right? So, um, I like so, what, I like the I like a couple see of the things clip? here. It's a you you can tell it. it it's very short. Yeah, it's very, It's long. pretty much. It's like yeah. It's like uh, the, this is Sparta. Yeah, this is Sparta. <laughs> except you're on the top of the mountain when you do it. Um, but I like the fact that you can um, choose your gender. Um, yeah. When Assassin's Creed Syndicate came out, Evie mm-hmm. was always the character I used, unless the mission required me to use Jacob Fry. Sure. So I could see this being the same character. Mm-hmm. That fits in the timeline. It's just that you get to choose what are what the gender is. I think uh, what I like about this is that you know we're talking about the dialogue options, and now it sounds like instead of you know in the past we've always had these very scripted views of what it is. Like you know, Bayek is Bayek. He's going to go out there, and his goal is to do one thing. He wants to avenge his freaking son, right? You know, Ezio wants to avenge his family, and that's the storyline. That's it. But they seem to be going into more of what I think is the better way to do open world games, which is, again, it's choice. So instead of like saying here, here's the male protagonist and the female protagonist, you're going to switch back and forth or here's just one or the other. It's like, look, pick the avatar you want to be in this world and you know what? We're going to give you dialogue options. Go out there and be the assassin you want to be. And I hope that's what it's going yeah, towards. Yeah. The question is, does it jump over the holiday and actually release in March? Because that would be that would be weird. From like, everything I keep reading now, like it won't. It'll jump the holiday. It's not, it's coming out like in they're saying this holiday. It's coming out. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that? they said it's like through there, but everyone seems to be believing that you know division two is their march game for next year what's the so what's the general is they always Kenobi. shoot for they no they always oh. shoot for october don't they they usually do and again i wait wait there's another game that they might want to avoid what is it called uh red dead redemption 2 <laughs> uh last of mohicans wait what what <laughs> <laughs> spoilers uh i could maybe see them targeting december that I wouldn't. That'd have. be interesting. Yeah, 
because the only other thing I could see maybe showing up around that time would be Kingdom Hearts 3 because we all know even if they say it's coming in October, it's getting delayed to December. <laughs> was was Origins contending with anything that you recall? It came out well, it came out the like the last week. I mean, I guess Call of Duty came out right after it, but there wasn't like anything in its its wheelhouse, I think. I mean, Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War was like a couple weeks before it, but it pretty much died out by the time it came out. The other interesting thing about this is for the longest time, for about a year and a half, you're thinking that you're kind of seeing a new Ubisoft. Sure. You know, they're con- they they delay Origins t- and make it a two-year cycle. They It's almost like they... It's like, in my opinion, it, it's a, just a theory. Every game... Mm-hmm. In the or in the Ubisoft library has been delayed, even though it's been done because it's a PR stunt to make everybody go, "Wow, they're really taking consideration into their titles." I mean, it's like, is Far Cry Five really more done two months later than it was two months before? And it's just funny that they're kind of, I mean, to the main yeah. point, they're really kind of back on the wagon of yearly, it depends. yearly releases. It's like, what does everybody feel about that? I haven't seen any real negative responses well, because to we, it. We, we don't know what it is yet, right? And sure. I think like before, the things that hurt it before was like, one, you, you had three straight games of Ezio. I love Ezio, but like, you know. When there's no in between, you're just going like, man, they're just copying and pasting this thing from Shut year up. Year. Um, and one then, of them had a hook blade. And then you get to the next one, like finally they revealed Assassin's Creed Three, and I think everyone thought that was going to be something like mind blowing, right? And it I came it out. Great. It came out, and like, be honest, regardless how you felt, like most people were, were and myself included, were kind of like, Meh. you know, it's an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> ironically, it has a higher Metacritic score than Origins does. Yeah, that's ah, oh god. I mean, it's. I hate like to me those kinds of things. That's like where the group think bias. Like, no, I agree with you. Comes it's in. just a, it's just a, yeah. it's just a fun thing to compare. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey is kind of a play on the Odyssey. Well, they're going to tie into Homer somehow. Yeah. I, see, they're going to make we, Homer a keeper you? of an apple of Eden or something like that. But Homer was, I'm pretty sure. Again, like here's the thing I don't understand. Right. Sure. This has got to be set. In theory, if this is tied to the assassins after the events of the last game. Sure. Right. Like, yeah, because yeah. that's the beginning. Literally. Or was it? That was the beginning. Or was it? Yeah. From what they told me, that's the beginning. <laughs> that's because we saw the symbol in the sand. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. That was its <laughs> origin. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, in, in the way. uh freaking spoilers for the next five seconds of those who really care. Well, you said you um, wanted Alexander the Great. Yeah, I said I would love Alexander the Great, but it's not possible. Sure. Okay, like the game basically ends in the period of Cleopatra. For those who don't know, that's like like uh, 50 BC, I don't know. Somewhere like, it's pretty far in the BCs if I recall. Um, yeah, but, and, yeah. But, but there's but, a connection there because Cleopatra had Greek origins yes yes you know you you already had like you know by the time she's ruling uh what you call it uh alexandria is Mm -hmm. alexander you know because of alexander and that's the thing that like sucks is that to me in my opinion like the heyday of the greek empire like at its might was way before that right because it was before the roman heyday and it was never it was never really really an empire it was well it was an advanced yeah cultural 
Well, during Alexander, it was an empire for a little bit there. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) But like all that kind of stuff, like the ties to Persia and all that, like I think Homer, again, is like, if they're being historically accurate, and I don't know if they will be or not, um, is before all this. So I'm like, I just mean, I just mean Homer, the character, not the character, but the historical figure will be tied into the story. Yeah, could be. I guess that's possible. I mean, like, so that's from the, the artifacts perspective. I mean, regardless, just going Homer's around, eyes, yeah, are an apple of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that will be really cool, I think, is that I could actually see this feeling a little bit in weirdness um, to to freaking God of War here, right? Because mm. you know, it's really weird that previously in God of War we didn't have a boat because yeah, there is a lost water in that region as far as little islands and hopping to and forth from like where you would go to yeah uh, with, huh. with the different yeah. kingdoms. And you could do that so much here. Like, so I could sure. see this idea of like you as an assassin in your boat, just going across, you know, the, uh, was it the Aegean sea? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, going from Sparta and then going to, uh, row faster. <laughs> Greeks are dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was actually, I was, I hope that comes back like the, um, from those those uh boat missions from origins i hope that comes back because you could easily of course encompass that they were interesting but i liked it they were part of the main story yeah i I wouldn't mind it like that thing coming back but as far as like this being an annual franchise right Mm -hmm. it depends what it is like you know look call call duty is an annual franchise but it's also a franchise ran by three studios and therefore each game has three years of development yeah um I mean, that's, if I that's mean, in, what they start fairness, doing here. But in fairness, that's what the games have always done. Yeah. Well, there's it, a three year cycle on every Assassin's Creed game. I, now, it's different yeah. with because with, you know, Treyarch and they're, they're distinct studios. Yeah. They, their stuff don't overlap. So you've got studios all over Ubisoft yeah. that have a hand in this thing. So it, there's a difference there. But the cycle is still three years. Yeah. It's kind of like here it feels like, look, you do the base work and then whenever, you know, Origins went gold last year you had a small team that worked on dlc and uh, update patches and all that and then you had everyone else that probably turned their attention to polishing this game and i guess the question that remains now is like well how much work really went into this like was it like okay the origins engine got built and now we're just kind of doing a little bit of modification on this and that's the case then it's going to come down to just how good the story and everything is. Like, are they just fair too? Are they running into the same mistakes they used to make? Like the problem that people got to, I think with Assassin's Creed, when it was an annual franchise before was you got to this point where it didn't feel like they were really innovating. They were just taking things that like other people had done at some point, like whether it was like, you know, a city defender mode or whatever and just like throwing them in there tower defense yeah and really the only thing they did big is the one thing they consistently got praised for and why i think people loved four so much is that what was the boat stuff you know the rest of it kind of fell to the wayside and here this time it kind of felt like again they went back and they innovated and made something that felt unique so if you make one more game like odyssey that plays like origins i'll do that another year oh yes i would gladly that's that game is fantastic if that world is as interesting Mm -hmm. as uh as origins was as is egypt greece can be that interesting I'm totally down for it. Yeah. And I would be much more open to it. Absolutely. Uh, State of Decay surpasses 2 million players. The lower reviews don't seem to be hindering the success of State of Decay 2. The game has surpassed 2 million players. 
Whether that is sustainable remains to be seen. An important thing to note is the game is growing from one million in its first week to two million by week two. Now I know full people well, love zombies. I know full well that ha- that has a lot to do with Xbox Game Pass. So For I know, sure, I know that doesn't translate into hard copy sales. Well, they care, but right? it's like, but that's why they. This is what this this game is why they did exactly. Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, I they mean, want that they, they want a CSDs, controller. We're yeah, seeing it exactly. So I mean, I don't you know. I think one million to two million is awesome. It is really strange that it grew instead of like I said, shrunk. people I mean, people seem to forget like the first day of decay wasn't some like critical darling. It was just this thing like where especially at the time when it came out, it was very unique. Like because you know, you'd had um what you call Left for Dead, like the cooperative type uh zombie game, but you really hadn't had this thing where it was like literally survival mode and like trying to keep different people alive that each had different personalities and properties and all that people like that kind of stuff so now you've given them a way to do it with their friends makes it even more fun for them so if you if that's you know i tried to play it i don't think it really appeals to me that much yeah Um, yeah i uh i haven't it's it's downloaded yeah it's on my system i haven't cracked it open yet and i'm like why don't we just play overcooked instead john we still we still can do that. <laughs> we still have it on Game Pass. <laughs> Overcooked would be the greatest thing ever. Uh, Capcom has registered Devil May Cry 5, a domain name. Capcom is suggesting an E3 could be on the way. Uh, reveal could be on the way. The domain name is registered by a third-party company, GMO Internet Group. GMO, gen- genetically modified... Organism. (laughs) (laughs) The group has previously registered the the other domain names on behalf of Capcom to include Resident Evil 7 and Monster Hunter World. Yeah, um, I will say this. This is earlier this week. There was like a supposed internal leak of PS uh, PlayStation's um, showcase, like the schedule of like, you know, like, okay, I missed it. What did you see on it? It was like the first thing on there shows like you're they're gonna start off with a demo for Ghost of uh was it Tashima or whatever it's called. The the game by uh Insomniac or not Insomniac Sucker Punch. Uh, Sucker Punch, thank you. Um and then it's like it's that So it's, it's a complete like, run of show. Yeah, it's like, you know, and basically it just says what it is and if it's a demo or a trailer, and on that list mm-hmm. was Double May Cry five. Now the only thing that made me go, okay, that's bs was like there were a couple things at the end like the big surprise at the end was a trailer for a new socom game and i was like there's no way they're bringing back socom just because one i don't one that's not what you close a show with no absolutely not <laughs> i mean you most know, of like, the time these run of show some, lists yeah turn out to be kind of if that's a placeholder then fine maybe yeah but like i'm like if there's a big shocking reveal that's not going to be the one but like on that list to their credit um before i saw this come out there was a devil may cry 5 reveal trailer was on the list um they had everything else that was on there you know like they had uh their big things they were gonna have demos for both last of us and um what was it called uh freaking death stranding and stuff like that there's a bunch of our crazy stuff though there was like uh a psvr stuff for uh spider-man homecoming or not homecoming but the new spire amazing yeah. spider-man and then um a psvr experience for something called bioshock resurgence yeah and i was like oh if that's real you know to which i was like well i guess that means microsoft's getting bioshock resurgence at their uh 
press conference. I'm going to have to sit here for the next hour. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, like I said, you, you just never know because like I was looking at it and I was like, look, it's got items on here that look, you know, they're the official logo for E3 this year and all that kind of stuff. But you also look at it and I go, this could easily, I could manufacture this exact same document in about 10 minutes in Word, you know. It's not something that's very hard to do. So we'll, well see. Well, I remember when they rebooted Devil May Cry. Sure. And it's like... As, like, mm. as far as I as far as I remember, that game went over very well when it initially came out. But I was yeah. amazed at how divided the fan base is on Devil May Cry. And, it was really and weird. the reason they rebooted it. A big part of why they rebooted it is because Dante from the original games mm-hmm. had started to kind of not look modern anymore. He just had this emo. <sighs> I mean, well, in fairness, the new one is very emo, but. It's kind of like he had this well, white I mean, hair. It was very he, he was very nice. Well, he's, he's always had very emo. Yeah. But um it's kind of like the way he is presented and the world is presented in the first game kind of breaks off in the sequels. And people were always a little bit divisive in the way that went. Um they've always had great gameplay. I mean, yeah. you know, I I've always enjoyed their great hack and slash games. Um I tried to play the last one. I wasn't, to be fair, I played it, the remastered one that then was poured to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt, after playing some of the more recent hack and slash games, I'll just say it felt a little dated to me. And it was, uh, the developer was, uh, forget their name, but they did Capcom? they did help, well, the developer, not the publisher, but the developer was... Was it Platinum? No, it the guys, Platinum. the folks who did Hellblade last oh, okay. year. okay. That's who, that's who rebooted it. Hmm. And they're not doing. I it like anymore. that game a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Bungie <clears throat> announces a partnership. Bungie is partnering with Chinese tech giant NetEase for its future projects. The partnership is designed to help Bungie become an entertainment company where it can explore new directions and build new worlds. Those were in quotes. NetEase <laughs> operates Overwatch and World of Warcraft in Chinese <clears throat> markets and operates some of China's biggest PC-based online games. Sounds like they're trying to bring Halo to China. Well, here's my question for you. I mean, this mm. sounds like it's. I mean, is that is it that simple to you? They're just trying to. I think tap so. into the, another market. Yeah, I think because so. I've just been thinking about how Destiny Two has been doing in the age of battle royale. It's like when it came out, it seemed like Destiny Two was a huge success. I want to be surprised. I don't know. I don't know. One. I don't know that if I don't. I don't know that we call Destiny Two a success anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, from my understanding with Halo... Because nobody, nobody talks about it. Or no, way, yeah, this is Bungie, thing. it. For some reason, I still see Bungie and I'm I understand. Halo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they had their big reveal today for uh, their DLC. Did you put that on here? No, uh, it, oh. I, I kind of well, tabled uh, it FY, for next week. Well, FYI, folks, uh, <laughs> uh, Forsaken was announced, which is the fall DLC for expansion. Uh, the big year two expansion, I guess that's on the path of... Um, what was the one? The Taken King. Yeah, I guess that's what it seems like. Yeah, that's what it does seem like. Um, I mean, to me, does it get Sean Haywood back? That's the question. If if it's you know, like I said, if it's the idea here with this partnership is, like I said, is to say, I don't know what their reach is as far as what they allow and maybe some of the controls they're allowed for Chinese gamers, just because there is a lot of um, hacking and all that. They might be very restrictive of what they allow so yeah. maybe that's why they have things like NetEase is to let people freely go in there and like it'd be like look 
we're giving you the software and all that kind of stuff. You handle that stuff because you're much more in tune with what's going on in your right. side of the world than we do. Yeah. Um, they definitely know. Yeah. They, you know, I know, uh, our hardcore friends that play destiny, like there's a group of three that, or well, there's been a, a group of three that I would say I always have associated with destiny. Sean's good friends with them too. And, two of the three had come over to Fortnite and had been loving it. One's still, I think, playing it, but the other one's gone back, and the one who'd never gotten to Fortnite, who had been playing God of War, actually, with me, he's uh, hopped back on. They've all been doing the latest update for Destiny. It came out last month. Mm. So, I mean, it's there. The question is just... The question is just, like, how... I expect it will be like any other, like, a World Warcraft game expansion like where you see the bump when it comes out the question is how big is the bump and how long does the bump last mm -hmm. you know because when <laughs> taking king came out like i think that was what cemented to people like no this is a real franchise right now this is the biggest thing going on at the moment because everyone bought that expansion and people kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing it and then people like myself even who didn't really love the initial destiny came back and were like this is so much better than what it was before i didn't know you went back for taking king i did i, I that was the one thing i enjoyed the end game for was was taking king uh, i didn't go crazy for it but it's still a lot better uh pokemon on switch pokemon let's go pikachu and pokemon let's go eevee uh, have been officially announced by the Pokemon Company and Nintendo. This pair of games is coming to Nintendo Switch on November 16th and are not considered part of the core series, but share many elements with them. The first generation of Pokemon from... Uh, where's the thing? There. Uh, Pokemon G will be transferable via Bluetooth to these Nintendo Switch games. In addition, these games will feature new Pokemon that have never seen or never been seen before. In addition, the Pokemon Company announced it, that the next core Pokemon game will be released on the Switch in late 2019. Quote, now today I can only tell you of its existence, but it's another game we're pouring all of our creativity into, according to longtime Pokemon director uh, Junchi Masuda. Junchi? Not too bad. I feel like I said it right. Um, Junchi? Junichi. Eh, no, 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 no. It's Junchi. No, it's not. Not even close. But, I looked it up. But would you believe? In the Chris Almanac. But would you believe when these games were announced for this holiday? Uh huh. Nintendo stock went up. I'm sure they did. Anytime <laughs> there's a Pokemon game, they're like, "Ooh, Pokemon, Pokemon." That's Nintendo. Yeah, I was only like, kind of. I, I didn't quite understand. So they're kind of like Pokemon Go, right? Mm -hmm. They have a lot of main core. So here's the one that you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, like this is maybe. If one of our listeners has been more tuned into this, yeah. Pokemon Go is about going and exploring everywhere, right? You know, to get like, you know, I use my phone and I walk I, wherever. Yeah, I see it as a hybrid between Am I Pokemon walking around Go my house? And a core game. Yeah, I'm like, that's the thing I want. Like, do I have to walk? Am I limited to my Wi Fi range, basically? Or do, or are they expecting me, basically, to take my phone and turn it into a hotspot or something? No, to go I, no the I think the game is. I think the game has the the i think it you don't it's, it's not it has the discovery in the in the game itself. Gotcha. it's 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 not going to be i mean it's going to have opportunity to link up with other systems things like that so it's going to have local and co-op but all i can say is bk if you're listening when these games come out we're going to need you to to come on board and tell us about it 
Denied. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> I will. I will review these games. Well, these games, and are I will be, review them alone. Oh, thanks for the update. <laughs> these games are going to be huge. I mean, they're going to huge. They're going to make the Switch. I predict make the Switch get up to thirty to forty million. Dear Lord, sales by the end of this year. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, I definitely need it because uh, old PlayStation. They've been uh, they kind of been just been PlayStation lately, haven't they? Um, it's not, it's not, it's not a ground pound. Yeah, but they're I mean, winning the yeah. months, but as far as individual console sales, Nintendo's coming out on top. Mm. Um, shame because PlayStation has multiple versions of their console and when it comes oh, to yeah. the actual, you know, it's a little bit of a distinction without a difference, but they're still doing very well. Mm. Fortnite on Switch. Fortnite on Switch has been discovered on a Korean ratings board website, lending more credibility to a recent leak. The application for rating has apparently been provided and approved. The original leak came from 4chan with a document featuring Fortnite along with several unannounced titles allegedly coming to Switch. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean... If it's on mobile, yeah, there's no reason it can't go on it's Switch. It's like, oh look, another platform for us to make more millions of dollars on. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Question is, how's the online? <laughs> yeah, really. That's that's gonna be like, I guess. Let's just say this is Fortnite, that but it's not one. battle yeah. royale. It's just the main game. Let's just say you may want to stick to solos if you're gonna play <laughs> Fortnite. Don't battle say solo royale. too soon. Mm, great movie. Uh, by great, I mean okay. Uh, Mega Man <laughs> Eleven release date. Capcom has announced that Mega Man Eleven will be released this fall on October second. Another game I'd running get, I'd from get out of Red the- <laughs> Dead Redemption 2. Huh. Not even in competition. Come on. <laughs> Obviously it is. The game will follow the same stricter, uh, same stricter as the original games, but will have a new cartoonish anime feel. In addition, Nintendo's announced a new Mega Man Amiibo will be launched alongside with the game. In the U.S., there will be an Amiibo edition that will include the Amiibo and the game. The game is coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Day one purchase for me, obviously. I hope you sure. know everybody who's played it says that this is this is on the right track. This is not um, Mighty Number no. Nine. I hope it's good. <laughs> but speaking of games that are should get out get out of Red Dead's way, there's mm-hmm. there's one game out there that could be coming out this fall mm-hmm. that shouldn't worry about it. Really, Kingdom Hearts. Ah, uh, yeah, to extent because one. I think those people are They'll completely buy both. different. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of the point. So. Yeah. I'm going to need you to move that water gun, John, so oh, I can sorry. read. You know why? Because something this week? Yeah, because <laughs> finally this week. Oh. Finally this week. <laughs> A new job post sheds light in darkness. <laughs> Here is a recent listing that was posted recently that's redundant (laughs) yeah i was like i was like come on john uh quote the minions of hell are growing stronger can you read it with your the minions of hell are growing stronger we're working on a new unannounced diablo project are you skilled at dungeon artistry (laughs) come work with us and together we will build something exceptional (laughs) Uh, our team uh, of talented developers is growing 
Our backgrounds are diverse, but we all share a real passion for what we do. We believe that if you're looking for a tight-knit crew that celebrates self-expression and embraces collaboration, we might be a phenomenal fit for you, end quote. Uh, the role being recruited for is a posting by Blizzard and is for a dungeon artist, thus seemingly confirming that Diablo 4 is a real thing. I think pretty much Blizzard said, yeah, it's confirmed. Um, I would question suspect is how right soon. I would suspect we will see a te- if they're putting this out there now. My suspect, my suspicion is that BlizzCon this year we get a teaser. Just at BlizzCon, not at E3. They don't ever go to E3. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're like, look, we're we're Blizzard. We don't need you. <laughs> we literally, and, we literally. Rockstar sell- doesn't go to E3. Rockstar rarely. Yeah, if Rockstar showed up to E3, that would be the biggest surprise to me. Yeah. You know, and, and to be fair, they don't need to, right? Mm-hmm. When you're them, you, yeah, sure. It's like they're like literally. The, everyone's like, "Wow, look how good these trailers look!" I can't wait to see gameplay. And you get news. It's like, oh, by the way, ninety percent of this is like in-game engine. <laughs> <laughs> so, ah, man, what are you gonna do? It's gonna be a great E3. I am really looking forward yeah. to it. Like I said, I'm uh, going to see the dead here Friday night with my sister. Well, pre-birthday bash, and I'm rushing home. Is that a band? There's this thing called the Grateful Dead, John. Oh, sorry. You yeah. could have said the Grateful Dead. Well, it's not technically the Grateful Dead. It's the surviving members of the dead that have not retired. One or two retired. Um, so it's them, and like uh, they have John Mayer, who plays Jerry Garcia's parts now. So oh, I will okay. go watch them jam it out. and That's then a nice uh, present. And as Wait John, till you see what I give you. As John... Uh, watches Penny. Hope you remembered. You offered to do something mm-hmm. for that. Um, <laughs> and then I will rush home on um, Saturday morning so that I can start my E3 popcorn and and start watching all these press conferences. Hopefully, Anthem will be on there and oh, EA yeah. will not blow it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Anthem looks coming this really year. Good. Loot box the game. <laughs> <laughs> loot box the game. God, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to do some emails? I guess. Okay. Electronic emails from the future. That was good. Yeah. That was like that was Sean, my Sean. It's like Sean was here. Yeah, you're gonna love it when I put up there tonight. This week, Chris and Sean talk about. Yep, I know you're gonna do it again. No, no, because you hate me. Well, you know I don't put your names on there unless you actually uh, play the game. So, uh, I mean, it just makes sense. Like, right? Like, you know, Chris and Sean did this because we actually like went and did this thing, versus when. You don't. Yeah, this thing is just okay. There we go. Uh, if you want to write your thoughts in to Weekly Games Chat, you can do so by emailing us at weeklygameschat@gmail.com, just like Dylan did. He says, first off, you tell this. Guess who's back? Back again. Richard's back. Tell a friend. Um, <laughs> he says, "What crackalackling, my deplorable degenerates." 
This is your Oklahoma Dylan getting out all up in the email section once again. And I mean, like, really up in there. <laughs> <laughs> I finally finished the Disappointed Father Simulator of 2018, a.k.a. God of War, and can't stress enough just how great it was. Yeah. And that reveal at the end had me giddy as a schoolgirl. It was awesome. Definitely wanting more. Again, much like a schoolgirl in some sort of uh, some of your favorite movies. Wait. <laughs> okay, I see we did that. <laughs> anyway, I fear that I'm running this week because there was a grave mistake made during your last episode. John, well, speaking of mistakes, spell John correctly, Dylan, uh, made a reference to the entity known as Mr. David Hogue, claiming that he never looked similar to an android. Or they look similar to an android. I'm running in fear of what this colossus of mainstream media may do to my favorite podcast when he hears such a remark. We know the sway he has with his organization of protests, and I'm afraid of the hellfire he may attempt to rain down upon your heads. So I implore you to apologize to this beloved public <laughs> figure before the damage becomes irreversible. Of course, I say this all uh, just to look LOL joking at that guy. <laughs> to follow up my rant, my question is kind of random, but I get the vibe that John may be somewhat of a conspiracy theorist. Am I on the right track? Keep up the good work, fellas, and as always, game on. John, do I need to get you a tinfoil hat? Do you believe the world is flat? Did we land on the moon? I don't think so. Russians, right? <laughs> he doesn't know how to answer this. <laughs> Keep in mind, you're saying this on the day that David Ho apparently got swatted. <laughs> what? I haven't read that. Yeah, he got swatted this morning. Luckily, he oh, wasn't. Oh, I did read yeah, that. Yeah, he wasn't I, I, home, luckily, but it did happen. That's never okay. No, it isn't. Um, and I think, I think we were talking about Detroit Become Human. Yes. So I don't remember the context, but I guess I don't remember saying mm. it. But I wouldn't worry about David Hogg going after us because he can't tweet out our sponsors. That's true. <laughs> so we don't have any. That but, is true. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't... Uh, that's sometimes sometimes I slip political and I don't mean to. So point taken. I, I've uh, I need John, to... you're avoiding. Are you conspiracy theorist? Um, Did JFK get killed in the grassy knoll? No, he was in the car. What about Roswell? <laughs> there is a Roswell. What it does, nobody knows. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I do have some. I can confirm for that. So I, I have some crazy ideas sometimes, but no, I, I don't. I don't think. That. I don't think nine eleven was an inside job. I don't think that. I don't think uh, little green men died on Earth, and we are hiding them in a frozen bunker. I do believe we are holding, um, the Ark of the Covenant in a warehouse somewhere <laughs> with top men, <laughs> with as, top as men. we should, right? But no, I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Well, cool. There you go, Dylan. Now you know. Uh, next up, Daniel writes in and says, Hey, guys. I bet you guys just started recording on almost a week ago. I got a puppy. He's 12 weeks old. Uh, Maltapoo. Am I saying that? Maltapoo. It's yeah. a Maltese in a... In a poodle, I guess. Poo, a piece yeah. of poo. <laughs> and, and poo bear. <laughs> I just got Dark Souls 3 and I wanted to die because of it. Hey, I got Dark Souls remastered and I've been dying in it. I can't get past the first boss. Hey. <laughs> Learn how to strafe. That's that's the first thing I can tell yeah. you. Just learn how to strafe. Anyways, I'll get back to you on the animations. Bye. P.S. I was listening to you guys in the background. Let's see. He gave us some videos yeah. here. Oh, I don't know how. To... Oh. Got some leg action in this video, too. That's gross. Very. Uh... That's so cute. Is it a boy? I can't really hear. 
I hope the sound isn't going through the board. Is it? I don't know. I can't hear it. I yeah, it. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just that. It likes toes. Let's see. Is it? Cute dog. Yeah, it's on there. I don't know. Sounds not really. He's very. Let's see. What's this art video? Oh, <laughs> this is a time sped up one of him playing. Yes, very, very cute dog, Daniel. Penny is uh, jealous. You know what? Penny had a moment the other day. I was watching a video on on Facebook, and it was like a pit was in there. And I f- swear to God, she figured out it was a pit. Like, she was staring at the TV like, that. that's a dog right there. That's a real <laughs> thing. What the hell is going on? My dogs are like that when they hear barking on the TV. See, now that it's always just, happens. But I always yeah. thought, like, dogs couldn't see images or stuff like that, like on TV. Like, I know, what is it, when they... Talk about conspiracy theories. Was it when they look in the mirror, they don't see themselves? I know that. Like, they're because it's like cats have their own, they have the ability to tell it's themselves in the mirror, whereas a dog thinks it's like a parallel universe dog. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. You're not saying that they don't, they're not vampires. No, yeah. Like, they're, they, um, it's basically, yeah, it's that whole entire thing of like, they think it's, um, another dog. Yeah. They gotcha. think that's a creature there so i don't know if maybe it's the same i don't know who knows um but let's see here uh also if you want to write us that's that's it for emails since we go only on two guys uh how about we're gonna record on tuesday of next week because we are waiting for of course all the e3 stuff and john insists that we have to wait for nintendo because it's gonna be the greatest e3 presentation ever <laughs> i'm totally making this up but this is how he's thinking is mine he just doesn't want to say it to us he's like they're gonna announce so much metroid <laughs> we're like no he's not john but uh yeah we're gonna wait till we actually watch everything to record so do me a favor everyone if you're listening if you made this far and this is a shorter episode um write in what you thought Tell us what you liked about E3, what you didn't like, what was maybe your favorite surprise and all that, because, you know, pretty much that's all we're doing next week. You know, the news is and the subject is uh, is E3. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no reason to do both. Um. <laughs> anyways, let me uh. let's see here. Let me look at some notifications uh, before we. Oh, wait, let me go to my page. Let's see. This is where we feel yeah, no. Sean's absence. Yeah. Thanks. No, no. <laughs> I don't know how this really works, but I'm going to, you can find us on Twitter at, at weekly games chat. Uh, I am trying to see if I can find anything to shout out, but Sean is a lot better looking at this stuff. I always forget to look ahead. So let me see. let's see i don't see nothing i mean yeah i don't know i'm not really good at this but hey all these people who uh let's see Ooh, adam jones i actually know adam jones um he asked have we played hello neighbor on any platform is it age appropriate for nine um the trailer sketchy i can tell you as far as i know the reviews on that thing is trash i'm trying to think it's just not and even by my standards it's not it's not good it's on uh 
they got pops. <laughs> but to, um, let me see. Hello. I don't feel like it's see. Wow. Yeah. It's Dang. like it's like thirty eight on Metacritic for PC and then forty two on Xbox. It's yeah, just wow. it's just not good. Um, ah. And I don't know what oh, the I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what it, I don't know why it's so bad. But um, I'm trying to rating? see if it says yeah what the rating. It's rated oh, it's E10. It's E10 and up. So, so I mean if that means it's fine. Yeah, I would think you're going to be fine with that, Adam. Um, let's see. Julia says thank you so much for the shout out. Have an awesome Friday and fantastic weekend. Hey, Julia, we will always be glad to give you a shout. Um, let's see. Let's see here trying to see other things uh vintage gaming asks what are chances of us seeing the square enix marvel avengers game at e3 that's a good question because nobody's be talking a about teaser it. right yeah um <laughs> knowing square will come out in about seven years so and square is doing like a nintendo direct style aren't they they're not doing a live press conference yeah. is this i wonder if this is if they're saying if this is separate from the mcu i don't remember if they said that or not because I'll say this, if it's something to do with the MCU right now, I don't see any news coming out. Like, you know, Spire, the amazing Spider-Man game is is its own contained thing, right? So they can do whatever. Yeah, I and think this is its own contained thing. I if that's the case, connected. then yeah, I guess it could come out. Um, I, I hope for Square's sake that it comes out. You know, that would be awesome. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. What's, what? Oh. Trying to look here, see if I see anything else. I'm really just scrolling through. I don't know how Sean mitigates this stuff. Hopefully he like checks it way in advance because I am I am not good with doing this stuff on the fly. I'll be the first to announce that. But uh yeah, that's all I've got this week. If you if you just started following us or or you wrote something direct and you missed it, I'm really sorry. Maybe tweet at us again this week and Sean when he returns. Uh, and stop slacking off and going to other places. We'll read your tweets because I suck at it. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Also at Weekly Games Chat. This has been episode 156 of Weekly Games Chat. Did you know that, John? 156 of these. I can't count that. Yeah, if I can just pull out another 2001. No. In like 30 something i'll i'll tie cal ripkin <laughs> and we can go to baltimore and we'll have a number ceremony cal on the wall ripkin. you know what before we go i just want to say this um i grew up before i moved down here if you didn't know this i grew up in the baltimore dc area uh i last saw one of my teams that i rooted for from that area win a championship in 1992 when there's reskin i was like nine years old right haven't seen whether it's the Orioles. Uh, I don't root for the Nationals, but the Nationals, the Wizards, uh, and of course the Capitals. Well, my father is a diehard Capitals fan. I've, I'll watch like this. I'll watch like you know if they get to Stanley Cup Finals and all that, and maybe lay in the playoffs. Um, and I can just say this: I'm on the verge, the precipice, John, of a DC sports team winning a World Championship. So. I hope by the time we record next week, I can say go Caps and congrats to them because they are one win away. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out, I think, not tomorrow, but Thursday. Tomorrow we'll figure out if uh, if Cleveland's getting swept. 
<laughs> or if maybe we might have a series that at least goes six games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until next time, if you like the show, subscribe to us on Apple services or whatever podcast service you use, and you will get a new episode every Wednesday. If you like the show, make sure you uh, give us a rating, a like, whatever. If you hate the show, give us like a four star, like, and you will get a new episode every Wednesday. Uh, until next time, I will simply say, first off, happy E3 to everyone. Indeed. Uh, and second, game on, John. Game on, Chris. Uh, game on, Sean, wherever you are. Where is he? South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the bane of everyone's existence. It's where Clemson is. Ugh. Steve Spurrier coached that state. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, they worshipped something called a Gamecock and I can say it on the air wow <laughs> I called a Game Richard <laughs> your mom's box peace out everybody Thug 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 Thug. Thug.